Greetings, friends, and welcome to this podcast entitled A Church Dismantled, A Kingdom Restored. I'm Conrad Kinegi, your host. I'm delighted to have you join me in this kind of mini-series on darkness in the midst of Advent here. Um, this is a re kind of reboot of uh, readings that uh, I wrote uh, a couple of years ago in Advent, but revised uh, a bit. This fourth of these sh- short episodes on darkness is entitled, He Came to Lift Us of Our Shame. Is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator, vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger of the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noon day. Back to that poem I talked about earlier entitled The Creation by James Weldon Johnson. I memorized as a kid for our school's talent festival. Even just a few of its stanzas reflect the explosive energy of the light that clearly overflowed from James Wendell Johnson's soul. And God stepped out on space. God looked around and he said, I'm lonely, I'll make me a world. And as far as the eye could see, darkness covered everything. Blacker than a hundred midnights, down in a cypress swamp. Then God smiled and the light broke and the darkness rolled up on one side and the light stood shining on the other. And God said, that's good. Then God reached out and took the light in his hands, and God rolled the light around in his hands until he made the sun, and he set that sun ablazing in the heavens. And the light that was left from making the sun, God gathered up in a shining ball and flung it against the darkness, spangling the night with the moon and stars. And then down between the darkness and the light, he hurled the world, and God said, that's good. Then God himself stepped out, and the sun was on his right hand, and the moon was on his left. The stars were clustered about his head. The earth was under his feet, and God walked. And where he trod, his footsteps hollowed the valleys out and bulged the mountains up. And as I noted earlier, my mother directed me to this poem. As a kid who walked in so much emotional turmoil, I now wonder what her motivation was. Hope that I would discover some light from my dark journey. I'm sure that it was only by her constant encouragement that I ever memorized this entire piece in the, in the, in the long run. But like in every other project I attempted as a kid, from baking bread to cake decorating to memorizing memorizing poetry, and on and on, my mom consistently said two things when I would get discouraged with the task and consider giving up. Conrad, she said, you recognize the problems, you see them, because you are closer to this project than anybody else. Others will not see the blemishes the way you do. And then she would say, you can do this. Today, I work with students who carry so much shame. Social science research shows that younger cohorts today have higher levels of narcissism than generations before them. But with narcissism comes shame because we become more focused on ourselves, both on our achievements and successes, but also on our mistakes and our failures. We are more scrutinizing about what we look like and what we are doing compared to our friends and peers on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and more. When I ask my students about their higher levels of depression and anxiety than the generations before them, they quickly point to social media. 
That's where the success of others is constantly being displayed, where the best of those others, but not their worst, is continually being streamed. The problem with social media is that it lacks this context to reveal the whole of who we are and allows us a way to frame the best of our outer selves while burying the blemishes inside. The wounds, the pain, the insecurities, in fact, our humanity. But what my mom taught me to do was to accept that as a human being, there would be imperfections in what I created and the new things I tried. Mom empowered me not by telling me I could do anything that I put my mind to, which only feeds narcissism and shame, but rather that I was capable of many things if I was willing to take the imperfections that came with them and that I saw in the process. My mom taught me to take risks. My mom taught me to understand that failure was not the failure that sometimes we measure, but rather failure was failing to understand and to learn from my experiences. I often hear students offer a qualification before or after they answer something in class like, I'm not sure this makes any sense, or this is a stupid question, or I don't know where I'm going with this, or I never know the answer, and on and on. I've gotten to the point as a teacher where I now interrupt them and say, please do not disqualify yourself. Please do not apologize. And then I tell them the two things mom shared with me. You see the blemishes more than others, but you can do this. For lest we give up in discouragement and wrap ourselves back in that old blanket of shame, we all need people in our lives who will say these things to us. I wonder what James Weldon Johnson was told when he was doing what so many others were not doing during his day, publishing hymns and poems, leading the NAACP, serving as an activist, educator, diplomat, and lawyer. I wonder who told James Weldon Johnson that as a black man he could achieve the many things that he did. Who gave him the confidence in a white world? Who uncovered these remarkable gifts within him? It turns out that as he was growing up, it was his mother who encouraged him, encouraged him to develop interest in music and literature. As a school teacher and musician, she passed on to her sons her love of the arts, a love that could only be instilled in them by one who loved both the arts and her boys. But she also encouraged them to break through the barriers that lay in front of black folks as she became the first African-American to teach in a Florida grammar school. As scholars, activists, and artists, the Johnson brothers' voices confronted the voices of a dominant white culture that refused to hear the truth of the African-American scholars such as W.E.D. Boyce in that period. The oppressive power of racism of that time, the dehumanization of black folks, did not prevent James Weldon Johnson from meeting that oppression with the creative energy that challenged it. I wonder who told him that it didn't matter what others said, but that he was created good, just as that first man and woman God had made. That blackness did not diminish his goodness, that racism did not justify oppression, that others did not define who he, James Weldon Johnson, was or what he was capable of creating and doing. I suspect it was the same mother who encouraged his God-given creativity and who saw the gifts of God within her sons. For it would have been impossible, I believe, for someone to write the words of this poem without believing in their God-given dignity and without recognizing that the power of the Creator flowed through their veins. One of James Weldon Johnson's well-known quotes is along the same lines that I tell my students. He was known for saying this, You are young, gifted, and black. We must begin to tell our young, There's a world waiting for you. Yours is the quest that's just begun. So just who might you know that needs to hear what Mom told me? Don't worry about the mistakes and failures. You see them more keenly than others do. 
and by the way, you can do this. Who around you might you be called to give these words of encouragement while also claiming them for yourself? Thank you, friends, for listening to this episode. May you know that you are deeply loved and never alone.